Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8 or 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM network. Maybe you're listening on the internet. We don't know where you're listening from, but what we do know is you are listening to myself, Lawson, and today we've got in an amazing guest of ours, kind of almost semi-regular around this time, Big Matthew. I Matt, am, I am. How are you doing, bro? I'm so excited. Excited to be back because I've been off, as you know, for about a week and a bit. And yeah, we've wrapped up the Tut Roadshow for the year. And yeah, as I shared in the car on the way up here, uh, your brother appreciates fresh air because I almost smoked myself to death in the kitchen Whoa. after cooking a, 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 a lid of a pot <laughs> instead of having the oven on. Oh, that is so... Uh, so, okay, you told me, you gave me a few details and it was just, you know, just turn the wrong dial on the on the oven yeah. and there was, you know, instead of turning on the oven, it turned on the stove and there was stuff on the stove and, and you, yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah, not, mate, not good, but you're alive. You're I'm, alive, healthy, alive. your house didn't burn down. It didn't burn down and... About fresh air. That's one of the things I'll be talking about later. <laughs> yeah, amazing. Yeah, absolutely. We were talking about breathing earlier this week and just how good breathing is for you and how to breathe as well. Yeah. We had Dr. Just, Justin Jackson. We were talking about nose breathing over mouth breathing and you know how to correctly you know, inhale and expel the air, diaf- diaphragm breathing sure. as well. So, yeah. Hey, man, I am fantastic too. Like, yes, yes. I've had yeah, a, how is Lawson? Sorry. Yeah, I've, I've had a really good week. I mean, it was my sister's birthday over the last... Well, her birthday was on the 28th, and then we had, you know, birthday dinner for her yesterday and got together as a family and spent time together. It's just always really fantastic. So, um, I'm just really happy, really blessed, uh, just living my best life, really. I just want to give a shout-out to to our listeners all over Australia who are tuned in this morning. And yeah, let us know, how are you guys doing? What have you been up to? And what are you grateful for this morning? Absolutely. Send us a text message. Hey, coming up in today's show, we are going to be looking at and doing a number of things. We're going to be doing an amazing Bible study, continuing our mission to the rich and the wealthy and the powerful. We're also going to be looking at, I'm going to be talking about some stuff to do with schools. We're going to be talking about Thanksgiving and breathing. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. And you are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. And we are going to kick it off with our first quiz question. Can you get that for us, Matthew? Give us our first quiz question for today. Absolutely. So, friends, what is the last book of the Old Testament? Oh. Oh, Very, very, very easy one to set off today, hopefully. Yeah, pretty straightforward (laughs) here. What is the the last book of the The Old Old Testament? And Okay, guys, this is one of, of limited time because it's going to be, the answer's going to be revealed quite quickly. So please, guys, just, you, you need, you need to get in 0491-064-669. And that is because we also have amazing prizes that we're giving away this week. We've got Preaching from the Grave by Fiditis Nadeem Gabe, as well as The Man the Anzacs Revered, the story of William McKenzie. These are awesome testimonies, stories of faith, people having faith in such like gnarly and difficult circumstances. You definitely want these books to be inspired of how people were able to, you know, 
overcome and rise above the just hectic circumstances they were in. But hey, again, that number is zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. As I tell, as I said before, tell us how you're going. Tell us how you're feeling. But also, hey, give us that question one more time. So the question is, what is the last book of the Old Testament? Now mm. it sounds easy. It sounds easy, but I've known some folk that they go, oh, it's it's oh, hang on. It's, it's not coming down <laughs> yet. <laughs> oh, I love that. Hey, well, it, it always, when you're under pressure, you know, you got to get it done. And it's like, there's always, there's something that slips out of mind and, you, and you're just reaching for it. And, and it just, you keep, it's just eluding your grasp. But hey. And I know why. It's a doozy because it's one of the uh, the minor prophets. Sure. Sure. So, guys, 0491-064-669. few things. I want to give a shout-out to Barossa, South Australia, the Barossa Valley there. Uh, everyone li- listening there on 88.0. And if you're listening to the show this morning, give us a text, 0491-064-669. We also have a text coming in from Wayne. who says, good morning, Lawson and Matthew. Blessings. Um, when you were in Canberra the other week, I believe I heard Pastor Lloyd uh, said he was going in for his knee surgery today mm-hmm. it would be nice if we were to have prayer for if we could have prayer for him and absolutely um pastor lloyd of course the aussie pastor on social media and on Hunty. tv and lloyd and hunty as well <laughs> both down there actually like killing it in canberra just getting it done at the faith affirm regional and, and and promotional that we did down there in the community dinner as well how'd that go oh matthew 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 it was amazing like it was so good i i've said over and over again here on the record show like canberra treated us right like but also you know i really appreciated the effort from the churches down there to not only set up an amazing event but to interact with the community in the way that they did and you know just and i'm sure there's plenty of people listening this morning who were there at the dinner that night and it was just amazing to to catch up and i think what was also really amazing is we got to do some some talks and we got to do a kind of a live radio program there it was you know another the Aussie pastor hosting myself and and Robbie Bergen as well but also really appreciated Robbie's presentation that he did while he's down there and the appeal that he made to people that to get in contact with their local churches there in Canberra. And if they're curious and if they want to take that journey with God and they want to take those steps with him, getting to know truth that they absolutely should. And because the church is offering that. And so, yeah, I really want to, I really want to, again, promote that and uplift that. You know, Canberra is a really fantastic Christian community that they have down there. And there are a number of churches down in Canberra who are trying to connect people into Bible studies. And hey, maybe you're sitting there this morning and like, I'm in Canberra. I want to get connected to church down there 0491 is the number that you can text us on and we can put you in the right direction but hey i want to ask you matthew yes. what is happening in the world in the realm of good news in the realm of good news as i was sharing earlier i appreciate fresh air because i almost smoked myself to death <laughs> yeah man and this is ties in with a breath of fresh air on Thanksgiving in the United States. Yeah, okay. And I'll take it away. So the story, it talks about just recently, a young girl, her name is mm. Madison. She's 15 years old. She's studying sports medicine. Okay. And she's from a high school in California. Mm. And recently on Thanksgiving, uh, two families gotten together. Classic. Her, her mum and dad, uh, uh, her uncle uh, and auntie and their three-year-old uh, daughter, mm. her name's Maxine, mm. actually wandered off to the backyard pool 
And you can imagine the worst thing oh, that could have happened. No. And she did. Her curiosity got her to explore the water. She, she fell in. Oh. And she ended up uh, drowning in the sense that it caused alarm for the father to come along, see what happened, um, just pull the da- daughter out of the pool. But he did something that you'd think any other person would try and do, which is CPR, right? Mm. Didn't. He actually tried to do the Heimlich maneuver on, oh. on a three year old, trying to pull the. The girl's stomach. Oh, okay. And so, that wasn't of course. the yeah. thing to do. And yeah. this is why I reiterate, it's important, friends, to, to go and do first aid. Oh, and, yeah, so important. And I, I'll share a bit more um, later uh, for a reason why I say that. Now, the, the cousin, which is uh, – the, the father is named Damien. He's mm. pulling out his daughter, Maxine, the three-year-old, and uh, he, his niece, uh, Madison, sees this mm. and seizes the opportunity to go, hey – you're doing it wrong. Like, mm. But it doesn't say it like this. Look, Uncle, um, I actually know first aid. I had to do CPR as a part of my sports medicine. Mm. Of course, she's doing it in high school. Wow. And he goes, please let me do CPR yeah. on her where it's warranted. I just need to check. So he checks. Um, check the, the airways. airways. Yeah. Like Dr. AB. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I think it's D-R-S-A-B-C-D. Yeah. yeah, I I don't remember what all the what, what all the acronym means I, because I I've done this before. I haven't done I haven't done my first aid since I was like in year nine yeah. at school. But yeah. I do know that yeah, you you default danger. You yeah, make sure the like make sure the situation's all okay yeah. when when they're in a space where they're safe. Get them check the airway. Yeah. Then you put them in the recovery position. Recovery. Yeah, the R. Yeah, um, and then uh, doctors S got to send someone for help. So she sent her uncle for help. Ah, <laughs> she goes, Look, okay. you don't know what you're doing, uncle, but I love you that much. Maybe go call triple zero while uh-huh. I do this. <laughs> Sends him away. Um, yeah, perform CPR, baby comes back to life. Wow. Yeah, so oh, that is so amazing. Abs- absolutely. Absolutely. Like, mm. um, just the fact that she went and did a simple uh, first aid course. Now, last Friday, uh, was it last Friday? No, no, sorry. Well, let's realize we're on Thursday today. Yeah. Tuesday, did my first aid again. Like, I re updated it. Oh, okay. And I'm glad I did it because did you know that to do CPR on a baby is different to a CPR on an adult? Yes. For instance, um, you cannot uh, do full breaths on a baby. You've got to do yep. tea bag breaths. Mm. Now, as you know, how many breaths to compressions? You do, do you I think it's it's two breaths to fifty compressions. Thirty. Thirty, 30 compressions, compressions for both adults and infants. Mm. So, um, and you've got to use your two fingers. That's right. On the That's chest. That's right. Your mouth is to cover the baby's mouth and nose at the same time. Mm. Because if it's on an adult, you hold the adult's nose while breathing through the mouth. Otherwise, mm. the air just escapes throughout the nose. Yeah. So it's great to do that derivatively mm. on it. Yeah. Um, absolutely. And I encourage people, don't feel afraid to help people in situations because especially for first aiders who have their certificate, there's an act that covers you. It's called the Good Samaritan Act. Mm. Uh, and we all owe a duty of care, which is our moral responsibility to help others. Yeah, absolutely. And I think reflecting on that story of the, the Good Samaritan and it's, you know, it's that the most unlikely of person, t- people to help, which was the Samaritan. And that's because of the issues that Samaritans had and Jews had against each other. It's amazing that, you know, the Samaritan, all the social prejudice and whatnot was subsided, all the racial prejudice was subsided so that they could, uh, you know, help, help out this person on the side of the road. And it's amazing here. It's like the most, the least likely person, the, you know, the high school girl uh, is like, oh, wait, I'm the only one who actually knows what to do. And, and comes and, and helps out this, <laughs> you know, 
get this baby back to life. Like, that's incredible. Indeed. And like, as I shared, the uncle's panicked, you know, and resorted mm. to whatever he thought he knew. Mm. It's good to know for sure what to do. And it's like the Bible. We ought to know what the Bible says. And in fact, I've got a few verses to back up the story today. Yeah, yeah, is, yeah. You know how God formed man. Do you know, you know, when we go to, sem- go to yes. the hear that classic reference that the, the minister says, from dust to dust, ashes, yeah. ashes, dust to dust. And where that come, where does that come from? That verse. Mm. It's actually Genesis three nineteen. God mm. calls Adam, "For dust you are, and dust you shall return." But it has deep emphasis. How did God create man? Do you remember that verse in Genesis chapter two, verse seven? Of course, He breathed into the nostrils of yeah. man the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Absolutely. Mm. So that's our verse of encouragement. Yeah, today. absolutely. Hey, breathe life today breathe life. In, 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 in serious situations when, when people are needing CPR, but also, hey, connect with God and experience the breath of life, experience the spirit of God who wants to work in you. Absolutely. Hey. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. You're joined by myself, Lawson. we got Matthew in the studio filling in for Danuta, who is just getting it done. She has taken off. Well, she's about to, to take off and, and head out west. I actually have some stuff. Um, you know, she... I. I I, I have some things. So we work in a similar, in the same office, you know, and I got, I collected some things from those office, from that office, and I have them ready to give to her. And so she'll pop her head in. I'm hoping she pops her head in like while we're on air and, and we can just get her to say some words into the mic, you know, classic Danuta moment. Hey, you're listening to the breakfast show this morning. Matthew, give us our next clue for the quiz. And this is precisely why we wanted you to answer that first question quickly, because this question just very much gives the answer. I'd love to. So in Malachi 1, friends, God said he loved Jacob, but hated whom? Mm. I'll say that again. In Malachi 1, God said he loved Jacob, but hated whom? Hey, if you know whom it was that God hated, from the book of Malachi, which was the answer to the first question, hey, 0491-064-669, that is the number to text. And if you text that number with the correct answer, you'll go into the draw to win two, not one of two, but two amazing stories of faith, of courage. It's Preaching from the Grave by Fiditis and Damgabe, as well as the Manly Anzacs Revere, the story of Will. William McKenzie, we want to give those to you for free. William McKenzie, he was a chaplain. That's exactly. right. He was an Anzac chaplain during World War One over in Gallipoli, like you know, in, in on the on the front there. So just incredible stuff uh, that he did, and particularly just reaching people with a message of the gospel in such a desperate and trying time. And having that duty, I guess, also in the trying time where spiritual matters matters most to keep yeah. the soldiers morally and emotionally, mentally together. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. again, offering them some level of resolve that is outside and above and over just the war. You know, it's like, hey, there's something more to this. And so I, I really love these stories so much. You guys get to win them. 0491-064-669. Okay, so in our news stories this morning, we're going to be talking about schools. Yes. And particularly, we're going to be talking about schools in... We're going to start in the UK and then head over to the US. And the reason is because there is... Basically, in the school system in the UK, the Department of Education and the government, they are in the process of releasing some clarifications that go along with some legislation, all regarding how it is that 
yeah, schools function in in a LGBT context. Yes. And what is a part of that legislation is actually taking steps back from a wholesale acceptance of the ideology and giving some leeways and protections for teachers. Now, specifically, that teachers should not be compelled to address pupils by their chosen pronoun if they have a good faith objection. Now, these good faith objections can be along the lines of some kind of personal conviction regarding freedom of speech or religion. Now, this is huge, and especially in the UK, because there was a a number of stories last year where these kind of issues really came to the forefront and and led teachers to their terminations. But due to, again, because what it's saying here is that they need a good faith reason you know it's like i guess to be intentionally harmful or hurtful they're maybe not allowing for that but a good faith reason like for example there was a teacher in the united kingdom who had a group of 11 year old students this is so this is like primary school age and she addressed that group of 11 year old students as you know good afternoon girls because it was a classroom full of girls it was it was girls only classroom no boys except there was one of the students that identified as they them Uh oh so not even like he him like this was a this is a biological girl not even identifying as like a male or something but just they them so non-binary and the teacher says good afternoon girls and that led to a protest from the student from the students that resulted in her firing oh my which and that was I've even talked about on the radio show before. There's been a number of stories, a number of instances in which this has happened. People having their teaching license revoked for stories like this. And and what's so interesting in this is again, it's it was an an accidental colloquial, just addressing a group full of girls. You walk into a classroom, you see a classroom full of biological females. You say good morning girls and it's like actually i'm they them and you're discriminating against trans people and so she lost her job even though it wasn't intentional even though it wasn't intentional there's been a number of times in which this has happened there's also people who again kind of a step further where it's like hey due to my religious convictions i don't want to dress people this way and then losing their jobs as well which i also don't think is necessarily all that fair but now a part of this new legislation is making clarifications on this and even giving protections for teachers in these scenarios and situations, which is so unlike what I expected to come out of the UK, but oh, absolutely. is also reflective of the current government of the UK and the Conservative Party and Rishi Sunak, who it, this really flew under the radar. And I have no idea why that Rishi Sunak got up in front of, you know, in, in a, a huge banquet dinner, you know, where he he got up to speak, the Prime Minister of the UK, which is an incredibly secularised and very progressive country, are moving in that direction, particularly amongst its younger generations, gets up in front of this, you know, this group, and very recently, as the Prime Minister, and says, a boy's a boy's and a girl's a girl, you know, a, a man's a man's and a, a man is a man and a female is a female. Like that's a woman is a woman. Like that's it. Like he made this a very clear distinction, which many politicians are unwilling and unable to make. And it puts my mind back to the last Supreme court judge to, to be elected and put in and being asked the question, what is a woman? And them responding with the answer. I don't know. 
Oh my wow! And it was like when you see that that's so that's coming from the United States, but Rishi Sunak is like, ah, a man's a man, a woman's a woman. Like that's that's, that, that's the case, and and we're seeing legislation that is reflecting this in the UK. Now, simultaneously, if we move over to the US and specifically over to the US in the religious space, in the Christian religious space, a Catholic college that is an exclusively female Catholic college, which I am very supportive of exclusively female places because I believe females should be afforded protections and safe spaces because I believe in a lot of senses women are vulnerable in in the world. And it's like, okay, does that mean that I think less of women? Does that mean that I think women aren't capable? I'm like, no, it's not that women aren't capable. It's that women are vulnerable and can be incredibly vulnerable. And this school, this female Catholic college has now changed their school policy. Uh, They've revised their non-discrimination policy stating that they want an inclusive campus experience. And what's the outcome of that? That they now accept, allow men who identify as women to enroll, to live on campus and to receive their education from this all female oh Catholic college. So where's the protections in that regard for the ladies? I guess because the bathroom concerns will come into this as well, wouldn't it? Dude, yeah, absolutely. The bathrooms, the dormitories, like really, you know, we, I shared a story on air just very recently of a lawsuit that's unfolding in a different state. It's actually in the state of Wyoming in the United States where the, uh, there was a, a, uh, a sorority, a all female sorority who had allowed a, you know, a trans identified, you know, a, a, a woman identifying male to move into the theater, like trying to be inclusive and whatnot. And just the co- problems that it caused and just all the uncomfortableness of it. And, and that because this person was actually not acting in good faith um, and was, it was, there was a, all of a sudden lots of pressure in this situation. And I don't want to necessarily jump into all the details because I yes. haven't really given a spicy, uh, spicy warning to the show this morning mm-hmm. or to this segment this morning. And so I think it's, you know, okay for maybe people to keep listening, but essentially mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm very worried about seeing things like this. And what is so disappointing to me is that this is coming from a, a, a Christian or a, or a Catholic space where it's like we see that legislatively in the UK from Rishi Sunak, by the way, who's not a Christian. And so I don't think he can necessarily make accusations of a combining of church and state and whatnot, but he is seeing the facts for what they are. And the government is releasing clear statements that protect people with conviction and, and all of these kinds of things. Yeah. And now in a Catholic college in the United States and Notre Dame in Indiana, St. Mary's College, in, in this Catholic college, they are removing protections from females. And so I, I, I just, I, I, this situation makes me feel really awful. And hey, let us know how you feel about this. 0491064. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and you are joined by myself, Lawson, and my wonderful, awesome co-host, Matthew, who is going to bring us the third question for the quiz. Absolutely. In Malachi, friends, especially in Malachi chapter 1, what nation might try to rebuild, but God would crush them? Oh, okay. Hey, 0491 064 669. So I would 
give you, I, I want to advise you guys, you'll get through the questions this morning if you've read Malachi 1 and 2. That's right. If you've read Malachi 1 and 2, you'll, you'll very much be able to, to, to get through these. So, uh, some advice, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe during song or whatever it may be. Hey, have, have just a quick read if you're, if you're trying to catch up on the answers here. But again, 0491 Do you want to read that one for us again? Gladly. In Malachi 1, what nation might try to rebuild, but God would crush them? Mm, absolutely. Hey, 0491-064-669. Again, 0491-064-669. We have amazing prizes to give to you guys as a result of answering those questions correctly. But right now, we are going to get into our interview for today, which is none other with none other, I should say, than Ken Duke. Ken, are you there with us? I'm here. Oh, Ken, we are so stoked to have you on the show this morning. And we have a super interesting topic to talk about because it's simultaneously helpful, heartwarming, and cute and awesome. But (laughs) before we get into that, give us a little bit of intro about yourself. Who are you? What do you do? Well, I'm a a pastor and a chaplain at Adventist Senior Living, so I work in aged care. Mm. I've been working there for about uh, 13, 14 years. Mm, amazing. Okay, so you've you've been in the grind there. Is that has that been like a, a like what thirteen and fourteen years? What compelled you to get into specifically to be working in the senior living context? Well, I, I like the song that you just had. The the concept of serving and caring for people mm. is really what I'm passionate about. Oh, amazing! Beautiful. Now. That has, I'm sure, been an incredible experience and throughout the years you've been able to interact with a lot of people. I think in, a, in quite a vulnerable time in their life mm-hmm. as well mm-hmm. and I have a number of friends who are working in that industry and they, they talk about the actually the opportunities that are afforded them to connect with people at that time and to, to lead them to the place where mm-hmm. they actually can make a decision with Christ and interact with Him and know him more where, where there's some level of of interest there that that's cultivated because of the scenario and the circumstance they're living in mm, mm. and it can be just the connection with what faith they already have mm. so that that's heightened and mm. you know at, at times in our lives where we're at our lowest sometimes we question our faith our mm. understanding of where god is and those things i've had uh, people who i would consider saints mm. uh, who who just sort of drop the bundle, they're, they're coming to the last stages of life and they really question who God is in their lives and mm. I get to sit beside them and ponder that and engage them and uh, encourage them to re-engage with what really matters to them. Amen. Yeah, that is incredibly powerful. And mm. again, there is so much <laughs> levity that's needed at that time and you know there's there's some interactions that i've had with people who are who are that age and dying and on the way out and you know some interactions where it's like oh you know it's positive and they're they're happy and they Mm -hmm. have that assurance but then other times where they are just really confronted with with death really confronted with the the difficulties of the question of you know what happens next and so that's awesome that you get to be in that space helping people Mm -hmm. through that uh through that journey and you don't want know what's going to happen until you get there. It's one of those things you say, oh, I think I'm prepared, and something happens, and you're faced with your mortality. It, mm. it really does challenge and engage us. Amazing. Now, Ken, 
I want to ask you specifically <laughs> more about some, some methodology in mm-hmm. regards to, you know, helping people in this space, you know, be able to, to be calm, to be able to, you know, experience, uh, and I think helping them as well, just, just get through the days and, and experiencing love and joy and peace and these kinds of things. And mm-hmm. we talked about it a little bit before the interview started. What, what is this, this method that you're using now to, to really engage with people in that space? Yeah, for me, being creative in the space is really important, mm-hmm. trying to find uh, ways to engage people. And one of the ways we use at Adventist Senior Living is our therapy dogs. Oh, that's so wow. awesome. Oh, We get to talk about dogs on the show this morning, which is just amazing. <laughs> okay, so you guys have therapy dogs there. How long has our program been running? Well, I've had one of our therapy dogs, Iggy. He's mm-hmm. been with me for eight years wow! and he lives with me and I bring him to work every day and he uh, he is one of our staff members. That is so good. He's qualified in the space. Like he's getting it done. So Iggy, you know, is there, he's been there for eight years. What does like a typical week or day look like for a therapy dog and the interactions that he has with people? Oh, and Ken, can I add another question, which is yeah. why, why the use of dogs in therapy as well, kindly? Uh, mm. Yes, yes. Well, first of all, before we get into that, it's probably important to say, well, he's a guide dog. He's a trained okay. guide dog and he failed his last exam. So Oof. in failing his his last exam, he becomes a therapy dog. Uh, and on top of that, we've had him for eight years. We've also got Petey, who's a new therapy dog for us. So mm. Iggy's a little bit more relaxed and laid back because he's been around for a long time. Mm. Petey's a two-year-old and he's uh, engaging with energy and excitement and uh, he is able to do things a little bit differently, probably like Iggy was when he first started. Mm-hmm. And I love this. Is, I love this. We've the got the the veteran presence, you know, of Iggy. Yes. He's, you know, just just nice and stable. We've got, you know, young energy. Like this is this is like reflective of people. <laughs> it's just so it awesome. Is. It is, and I've had them both at my house for the last week mm. together. So I have them apart for a little while, so Petey can learn the new his new space mm-hmm. and then I bring them together so they stay with me for the uh, just over a week and Iggy then puts his presence into that space which settles Petey so he can do his work well so he gets used to the routine mm. that is amazing okay so these dogs Iggy and Petey and yeah when the, like what are their as I think as Matthew said before what are their real uses and then what does that look yeah, like yeah yeah and people often look at me and say, chaplaincy and dogs, what, what's the point? Well, let me give you an example. Stories mm-hmm. are best, aren't they? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yesterday, I was talking to one of our managers, and she was concerned about a new resident who had moved into uh, nursing home care sure. who hadn't been engaging. She was really struggling, mm. and uh, staff were unable to get her to you know, smile and and. Uh, settle and all of those things. So she just mentioned this lady to me and I said, righto, we'll, uh, we'll see what we can do. And, mm. uh, my assistant took, uh, Petey into her room and I worded up my assistant around, you know, gotta try and just see if we can subtly engage and see what happens. So he mm. goes in and in that space, he just gently engages the lady, uh, brings the, and the lady responds to the dog. 
mm. and starts to smile and chuckle and pat. And it, it wasn't a long interaction, but this is the beginning of a really important transition for this lady as she learns to receive care uh, in a way that she's never had before. Wow. Mm. So it's this calming presence you know, and, and I, I would absolutely sympathize with this lady again, being in mm-hmm. this vulnerable situation and then a new circumstance where, yeah, it's it, again, it's, it's people who want to help you, but it's, you can mm-hmm. often be skeptical in those kinds of situations. You can, oh, you can often, you know, feel uncomfortable. It's like, oh, you know, what does this, what does this look like? And quite hard to adjust. That's right. Yeah, the ease yeah, just yeah. in there, you know, cause, the reality is, is that, well, unless you're allergic or something, like, everyone loves <laughs> <That does happen. laughs> just, like, nice dogs. Like, nice, calm dogs. You see them, and you're just like, oh, And you're so willing to – I guess it just lowers people's barriers. It, it lowers mm. them so that they can yes. – and also, I'm, I'm thinking as well, for this new resident, it will make it, – it'll create a space where she's feeling more comfortable. It'll be so much more easier for her to engage in the community there of Adventist mm. Senior Living. Mm. Because of the presence of this dog is just like, oh, man, it's, it's good. It's good. Yes. And another example is of a, a fellow who's, who's soon to pass away and his mm. family is not really religious. Mm-hmm. And so I go and visit. This was yesterday. I go in and visit with one of the dogs. And uh, it was later in the evening and I just knock on the door. They haven't met me yet. Um, I'd met the resident many times, but I hadn't met the family. So mm. I come in quietly and they see the dog. It's mm. like, oh, come in, because <laughs> they want to see the dog. <laughs> and then as they're patting the dog, I'm saying, oh, I'm, I'm the chaplain and I'm here to support you in your in this space and just wondering what we can do to help. And um, that, that first connection... Um, it, like you say, it lowers the barriers that might be there so people can say, oh, I, I think I like this person to be in my presence, oh, <laughs> particularly wow. at a time when there's some difficult stuff going on. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I want to ask, is is Iggy and Petey, are they the only guys on the payroll or there there more dogs kicking around? Uh, there are other dogs, but these, these guys are actually owned by Adventist Senior Living, oh, and they okay. care for all their expenses. Mm-hmm. So they they are literally on our payroll. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, mate, that's so good. You know, they're getting their super, they're, they're getting their wage. Dude, they and are they do, living they the best life. They get a life. really good life. They get a good life. Yeah, absolutely. The important part of it, though, for me, and it comes out of the spiritual care department cares mm. for the dogs and makes sure everything's good. The reason we do that is because it, lowers the barriers for people it allows it allows me when i'm walking up and down the corridors the staff will always engage me when i have the dog with me (laughs) that's so good and they've got a tough job yeah their gig is you know this this life and death stuff every day and they've got some of the most difficult things to do at Adventist Senior Living, we live in an amazing place. Yes. And, and we work in an amazing place. We get to care for people in ways that no one else can. Mm. If you've never considered aged care as a place to work, it's a wonderful place to serve mm. and, and just be there for people when they need it most. Mm. So, Ken, can I ask this question, if you can kind of elaborate on it, as your, your response? Do you, mm. do you believe that, because I, I, I understand this as another way of you know, Christ's, Christ's method alone 
is mm. also using methods to meet the needs from emotional, mental perspective as well as spiritual. So do, mm. you, do you strongly believe that dogs, horses, these kind of specific animals reach an area of a person that humans probably may or cannot? Mm. Mm. Well, yeah. When you see them doing their work, it's actually about well-being. And too often we get caught up as Christians, we get caught up in, oh, I've got to share the message and I've got to do it in the, the way we've always done it. You know, I've got to say the words or I've got to give some literature or I've got to, you know, there's whatever rules you have around that. My way of understanding that as a chaplain of many years, about 20 years now, uh, is that when we come in gently and softly, people will engage. So you have opportunities to be able to share information. You have opportunities to be able to bring healing through through prayer, through music, through all sorts of things, through the dogs, uh, and do that in a way that's really practical. Mm. And for me, practical ministry is very valuable. Mm. I'm not going to put it on a hierarchy, but when we can do practical ministry, just like Jesus did, he came, he healed, and people responded. Yeah. You know, so for me, that makes a lot of sense. Mm. His ex- Jesus' example of being able to connect with people was done in all sorts of means. Mm. And I, I think what I can see there as well, and I guess reflecting on my own experience in ministry, it's like, oh, look, we have all these means to be able to do ministry, but the thing that your ministry specifically enables you to do is connect personally with the people, which I think mm-hmm. without that, you know, whether whether it's through dogs or a soup kitchen or this or that or the other, without connecting personally with people, our ministry is worth nothing. Absolutely. Because that's that's what it was that Jesus did. And it's amazing yeah. that you guys have found a way to be able to do that. Yeah. And it's about service, isn't it? Mm. Service builds relationship. When mm. we put aside what we think or what we want or how we think this will unfold and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us to give us wisdom and guidance to be able to engage in a way that's helpful for that person in this time. Mm. That's what makes a difference. And that's what I love about chaplaincy. Mm. Absolutely. So I have the opportunity to be able to every day in every conversation just be available to what God wants to say or wants for those people at the time. Mm, amazing hey ken we're going to finish it up there we've quickly run out of time but thank you so much for joining us on the breakfast show this morning talk about dogs dude just like the best (laughs) thanks for being a part of the faith fm family join our community on facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM